0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM.
1: Welcome back. This is Catherine Klein on Dollars and Change. And I'm sure Goldman. And Cheryl's just listening to the music, <laughs> <laughs> hoping that she's not the the bug on the windshield. Always no, a, just a, a, a classic song. Good, to, good to hear this. Uh, our next guest is uh, Marie. Mary, I'm sorry, D. Uh, D. Um, she is the. Uh, oops, I'm just losing my notes here. I'm, I'm so senior sorry.
0: director of corporate affairs strategy and the global problem solving initiative at Cisco. Oh,
1: thank you, Cheryl. I need your co-hosting. I need your co-hosting. Uh, Mary, welcome to the program. Thank you. Great, great to be here. Great to have you with us. Tell us, uh, you know, how you describe it. You know, your elevator pitch for your really description of your job at a high level. What does it mean? Because we love the title. Yeah, we love uh-huh. the you know the global problem solving initiative. <laughs> like are you, a, you solve global problems. That sounds great. Yeah. What does that mean?
2: Well, well, maybe first start off with it's probably one of the best jobs in the world, but it's part of our corporate social responsibility initiative. So it's part of our Cisco company that really look for ways that we can help out, um, be partners um, with the community. And when we think about a global problem solver, we're thinking of an individual who can really innovate like a technologist, think like an entrepreneur, and act as social change agents. Mm. Because we think as we move forward, technology has so much possibility. However, I think you really need to mindfully think about its implications, mindfully deploy it. And so that's where you really need these global problem solvers to, to imagine what technology can do and think about new ways that we'll use these technology, but also think about how it can solve some of the thorniest social issues that we face today.
1: Love it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, how long has this, uh, this um, your Corporate Social Responsibility Initiative been around at, at Cisco? Uh, we really started
2: this back in uh, about 2017, and we made a pretty audacious goal. Um, We really thought about what we might be able to do, and so we really made a commitment to positively impact a billion people by 2025. And it really started us thinking about what we've done in corporate affairs, in our corporate social responsibility team for the last over 20 years. Um, One of our biggest marquee programs is a education pro- pro- program called Networking Academy, which right. teaches them over a million students every year technology skills. And so we thought about what can we do that connects to that, but take it to the next level. And that's where we started thinking about adding a focus in on young student startups. How might we incubate those young people, those new ideas. But then we also thought about starting earlier. How do we encourage young people as early as middle school to start thinking about careers in technology, which we all know that we need more and more young people going into STEM, science, technology, engineering, math, especially young girls. But we also need to encourage them to be entrepreneurs. And we don't know what the jobs of the future are going to look like, but I can tell you that there are going to be many, many jobs in small and medium businesses. So we Mm -hmm. need to really ignite that entrepreneurial mindset at a very young age. And I think combining this concept of technology and
0: entrepreneurship and this social consciousness
2: it really resonates with the young people. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's great. And Catherine, that's such a sweet spot for us because I know that part of what we're seeing with our students and, and frankly just out in the community is more people interested in, in being an entrepreneur and, and testing that out. And I know when I was coming to Warden that that wasn't the first path that people were thinking about. They they were going more with the, the safe, high-paying corporate jobs. Right. And, and then I think the recession changed the perception about the safety right. and... Um, a lot of entrepreneurial stuff made it more possible and exciting for you to think about launching your own startup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think
1: there's just a different—you know—it's a, a different world for, I mean, kids. You yeah. know, kids know the kids know about entrepreneurship. I'm also struck listening to Cisco about the uh, the alignment of Cisco's uh, mission and brand with where it's it's taking its CSR. Uh, so Mary, maybe you can talk with mm-hmm. us a little bit more about this. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. I'm I'm hearing a uh, a sense that this is, you know, you're you are pursuing the essence of Cisco, taking the essence of Cisco, uh, and saying how do we, you know, how do we take what we know, what we do, our brand, and make a difference in the world? Absolutely. One of our
2: new brand campaign is all around bridge to possible, and I think that really sums mm-hmm. it up. Um, the ability for us to use technology, our people, um, the community, to think through how we can solve those issues, and anything is possible. But Cisco was formed by two Stanford professors, Stanford University out in California. Mm -hmm. And so early on, we were working with local schools in East Palo Alto. Hmm. Um, So it was always part of our purpose to be part of the community. Um, In fact, I was uh, very fortunate back in, in uh, 2007 to spend a couple years down in New Orleans past during um, post-Hurricane post Katrina. Katrina. And it was an $80 million commitment to work with eight school districts down there because we felt that how do you bring the community back? You need the schools. Uh, parents need places where their young people can learn. And so it's just part of what we do. I think what we're looking to do now is extend it even further. How do you how do you foster even deeper partnerships within the community? This digital economy is happening and we really want everyone, everyone to be able to thrive in that digital economy. And I think for that to happen, you need the whole community to think about what that means to them. How do you connect the the local government and the education system and think through what it is. Is it going to be adaptive manufacturing or do they want to have a a whole industry around senior care? And so I I think that what we're looking to do is really partner with those communities and bring our experience. Um, We've got tremendous experience in terms of startups, in terms of taking ideas to scale um, as well as working with some of our top customers and how they transform their business. I started with Cisco back in the beginning days of the Internet, and so I've really seen where, um, you know, none of us could imagine kind of how we live our lives today and how technology can really enable it.
0: You know, and I think that I'm really fascinated by the um, the push for entrepreneurial um, mm-hmm. uh, innovation that you guys are doing. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how- uh, what inspired that? And maybe give us an example of, of some of the, the uh, innovations that you're seeing from the, the global challenge. Absolutely.
2: I think one of the key things was looking at information about young people and how many were employed. And as you think about if we are creating great education programs and helping them develop the skills, but if they're not jobs for them to actually move into, you may be adding to the problem. So I think that was part of it, is looking at the number of jobs that needed to be created and how can we really foster this with young people. It started back, um, I think our first challenge that we worked with was with the Rice Business Plan Competition in Rice University in Texas. And we met this young team, um, and this young team of women. They were out of Columbia University in New York, and they have a product called Neopenda. And this product is a IOT vital sign monitor. Which is Internet of Things. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Internet of Things. (laughs) And so what it was, was imagine in a hospital, in a neonatal ward, um, specifically I visited their uh, test in Uganda, and they had one nurse for over 40 babies. Mm -hmm. And by the time that nurse was able to go from infant to infant, you, you may have missed one already in fetal distress. So they created this, Imagine a headband with a device that was able to monitor their temperature, their blood pressure, and other vital signs and be able to drive that alert. And when you see pe- young people like that, I know um, we were talking with them and, and you, you meet a young person who has a biochemical engineer um, and someone else who's got you know a degree in um mechanics. And you're, and you're asking, why do you want to do this? Why are you choosing to go into a social entrepre- um, entrepreneur type of role? And, and twofold, right? They want to make a difference. Second, they want to be on the ground, seeing how it works. Um, and it really, to me, is why you, you want to create avenues where these young people can have some investment early on to take those ideas to prototypes, prototypes to test, test to scale. Um, And that led us to introducing our own Cisco Innovation Challenge, uh, which we launched in 2017. And for example, last year, the grand prize winner was an organization called Care NX, again, another IoT or Internet of Things device. And what this does is, again, low-cost, fetal, uh, non-stress test environment. This group of you young men were out of India. And I think what's interesting is we want to get in early. Um, this is for students mm-hmm. in university or about one year out. Um, there are different competitions out there. There are, in fact, seed funding out there. But where you're missing a lot of that seed funding is early stage. Right. And so that's where we want to be. And what's interesting is by having awards some of these young teens, you find them able to go on and get additional grants, additional awards. So some of the challenge winners are everything from, um, again, Internet of Things devices in healthcare, all the way to a crank device um, from a company called Jara uh, for disaster, post-disaster areas where there's a kind of a crank mini computer where young people can continue education there, yeah. well. a learning device. And so it's everything from that to a, a device that can test oil in machineries out of a young team um, in Costa Rica that allows us to understand uh, how the oil is performing, which ultimately has a huge environmental, a positive environmental impact if you're changing the oil far more often than, than we would normally do. So it, it it's far ranging. Um, and I think one of the things as part of our Cisco Foundation, we've got a product and cash grant program. And there too, we identify nonprofits, but it's early stage because that is where the capital isn't. And you've got to invest in those ideas, in those global problem solvers as they're having that idea to be able to push to me more ideas out
1: into the market. So uh, we're talking with Mary D. Waisaki from Cisco. I, I I'm um wondering if you can give uh, these specific examples are fabulous and that's usually where I want to go, so I'm gonna surprise Cheryl, but I say can we back up a little bit? Um I would love to understand um how you think about the different kinds of activities or tools that Cisco brings to the equation through this work. It sounds like I'm hearing you all are, you know, you're are this is partly we can do philanthropy. We can give mm-hmm. we can give. Um, mm-hmm. Whether this is to nonprofits or give prizes uh, and so on, we can invest. Maybe we are actually investing in, in early stage social uh, social entrepreneurial companies. We maybe there's a convening power and a mm-hmm. kind of focus on competitions. We can bring people together, uh, and maybe there's a hey, we can do tech assistance. We can uh, engage employees as volunteers or others to do mm-hmm. kind okay. of um, technical assistance. Is that Kind of what you're, you know, like, what's your toolkit? Because you, your toolkit is manifest in these very interesting projects. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm interested in what's the toolkit? Yeah.
2: I, I really like the way that you categorize those because we do take a portfolio approach. And you can look at it from the program side of saying, yes, there's a learning program or there is a entrepreneurial program. But when you think about it, the roles that Cisco can play can be sometimes the convener. Um, I do think that you're looking to play that catalytic role. If we're trying to drive large-scale change, if we're really trying to drive or accelerate uh, a community along their digital readiness path, I think we can provide insights. In fact, we just launched a digital readiness index that is global as well as um, at a state level, and it looks at everything from, of course, tech infrastructure and adoption, but it looks at Is basic human needs being addressed? What is the human capital? What is the startup environment like? And how easy is it to do business? And we do that so it provides kind of a guidepost, not only for the community, but in fact, for how we build our portfolio to help a community accelerate their journey to digital readiness. And the reason we do that, so if I think about there is research, there is um, providing funding, whether that be cash product, there is connecting to, um, sometimes we'll call it in-kind, um, mm-hmm. if you bring in the employees or, or a, a top engineer to mentor mm-hmm. an organization. But part of it, I think, is also helping people recognize that this technology transformation or this next, some people call it the fourth industrial re- revolution, it's going to happen. And If we can provide some insights, for example, we know that um, over the next 10 years, just here in the U.S., there's a a 32% gap in what we call the human skills, the ability for us to negotiate, right? There's There's so much press out around AI and its impact on a particular job or role or automation we know that's going to happen. And I think our role is how to work with a community to think about where they want to be and how can we partner. I think that's a really strong word that I might leverage. How do we partner with them mm-hmm. to help envision where that community wants to be or that individual? And is there a path that we might be able to help them along, either through our own programs or partnering with
1: others? Yeah, um, so a, a lot to, a, a, a lot of resources that that a, a company with the you know the power of the history the uh, intellectual capital of a, a Cisco can apply um, so our, you, you may have heard that our, our previous guest um, is somebody who's in you know just an early stage uh, fund they've raised uh, 5 million dollars mm-hmm. to invest in uh, minority and women owned businesses uh focus on uh, they've come out of angel investing and now in early mm-hmm. stage venture capital I'm struck by the juxtaposition of, you know, your your work and their work, yeah. um, both driven by a strong sense of social purpose, wanting to make a difference mm-hmm. in the world, but sitting in very different entities. So mm-hmm. as we're sitting in a, you know, yet a different entity at the, at the University of Pennsylvania, at the Wharton School, um, and often called upon to advise students, you know, is there, a, is there something you can tell us about, like, yeah, you know, who's going to find... Who do you think, what are the characteristics that distinguish people who are going to thrive in your role, mm. who are going to, what does it take to find mm. your way through a Cisco to a, a position of CSR? Who's going to make it and like it in this world? Mm. And who's going mm. to say, you know what, not for me, I'm out of here.
2: Mm. You know, I, I would say, first of all, in, in, when you think about CSR, corporate social responsibility, um, I think it, it you're going to see more and more companies putting corporate social responsibility at the core of their business. And the reason that I think especially with tech companies is because there's been so many great opportunities that tech has enabled the companies, the employees, the communities, the customers, but we also have a strong belief that we don't want anyone to be left behind. I think to really be successful in a corporate social responsibility environment. And there are so many people that are are so interested, especially young people. I think you still, I really encourage people to really push their business acumen, right, to really go to a business school if they have the the ability to do something like that. I would certainly say that most of my success has led to um, maybe not purposely all the way to this position, but prior to working in a CSR role, I was part of an organization at Cisco called the internet business solutions group, which was a pro bono consulting group. And we work with the top 50, you know, fortune 50 companies on how they should think about using internet technology. And I kept thinking, gosh, take that learning and apply it to those in underserved communities. And I think that that, if you can take, um, your own experiences, um, and apply, positive intent. I think that you always need that intent as well. Um, but I, I do think one of the key things, if you look at any of the CSR, whether it's think about just grant making, how do you identify the right candidate or a competition? Uh, that is where you still need very strong business skills to understand um,
1: if it's a startup, right? Um, even if it is an NGO, right? Mary, and I'm going gonna... to... I'm going to need to cut, cut you off, but thank you so much for, for talking with us. We've got to take a break. We've been talking with Mary D. Waisaki, who is the Senior Director of Corporate Affairs Strategy and the Global Problem-Solving Initiative at Cisco. Great to hear you know, what they're doing and how innovative Cisco and, and, and thoughtful Cisco is, be, is being. We're going to take a break, a short break, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Jerome Dodson, founder and chairman at Parnassus Investments. This is Catherine Klein on Dollars and Change.